This is episode number 68, four-time NBA champion John Sally on vegan lifestyle, food for longevity, and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories. I am a pro mountain biker, a plant-based advocate, and somebody who is really interested in personal growth and figuring out how to optimize what we're doing every day. And I'm so excited to share with you today's guest, John Sally. John Sally is a four-time NBA champion and also a humongous advocate for veganism and plant-based nutrition. Before we go deeper, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your day with me, and I'm so glad that you're here. It means a lot to me that you guys are listening to the show every single week and taking screenshots and sharing the show with your friends. It's so fun to see your reactions, and it helps grow the show. So if you're enjoying today's episode, make sure you take a screenshot and tag both myself and John Sally on Instagram, and we will both see it and both be stoked. I'd also really appreciate it if you could take one minute or less and leave a rating or review for the show. My goal is to get up to 200 ratings before the end of the year, and I definitely can't do that without you guys. So if you don't mind taking a second and leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, it's really easy. On iTunes, just open it onto your computer and find my podcast and go to ratings and reviews above all of the episodes and leave a review. Or if you're on your mobile device, which is where I listen to all of my podcasts, podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and then open up the show and scroll all the way down to the bottom. At the very bottom, there is little purple letters that say write a review and I'd really appreciate that. So thank you so much for doing that. My apparel brand, Moxie and Grit, has a new sock coming out very soon, and I'm going to tell you what that is. It's an avocado sock. It's called The Time is Ripe, so make sure you're paying attention, and I'll officially announce it on the show when it's ready, but I'm really excited about this. You can even get on the email newsletter. It's on the Moxie and Grit site, so that's M-O-X-Y-A-N-D grit.com, and there's a little pop-up that says, nice ankles, are you in? So that'll give you a notification for that sock. I also have my own newsletter on the Sonia Looney website, and I've been sending it out approximately once every six weeks, and I'm going to be upping that frequency just a little bit. I don't like it whenever I get newsletters too often, but then whenever you don't get them often enough, the newsletters are too long, so I'm trying to find that balance. Enough about me, now I want to tell you more about John Sally. The guy is a true champion. He had a 15-year career in the NBA, and as I mentioned, four championship titles on three different teams. He's accomplished a great deal in his athletic career, more than most NBA players. What makes John Sally tick, but what does he stand for now? He started down a path of wellness at the age of 27. He was still playing basketball at that time and was really in the heart of his career. Over time, he transitioned to a plant-based diet while he was still playing and found a huge advantage with his fitness, health, and performance. Not only that, he attributes his diet to better mental clarity in the game and in his businesses. That's also something that I can really relate with as well. 
John retired from basketball at the age of 36, but that was the beginning of a new chapter. He is a father to vegan children. He's an actor, an entrepreneur with many businesses, a talk show host, a philanthropist, and a wellness advocate. He's a busy guy. He thinks that striving to always be better, to grow, and to have high standards for yourself and your family is what makes you a champion in life. In this episode, we talk about what he learned about teamwork and how that can be applied in business, his journey to wellness and being a vegan, his views on how powerful and important it is to adopt both a vegan lifestyle and diet, raising vegan children, and the tools John uses to stay fit, healthy, and feeling strong at the age of 54. John, I am so honored to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you very much. It was funny. I saw that you actually have, I, I don't know if you still have it, but I saw you had a podcast, The John Sally Show, for a while. Yeah, I had a spider and a henchman about 2011, well, 2012, way back, six, seven years ago. Awesome. Well, I want to start with talking about basketball a little bit. I actually, I coach Reggie Miller for mountain biking, and he had lots of nice things to say about you when I told him that you were coming on the show. You coach Reggie Miller? I do. I'm his coach for mountain biking. What do you do? Tell him to pay attention to the road? Like... <laughs> the trail and yeah, give him workouts. And he, he actually has gotten really into mountain biking. Like his Instagram is all mountain biking and he does a lot of racing now. Wow, that's big. Fearful. Well, I love Reggie, man. Reggie and I have been together for a long time. I've known his sister since the 80s, and I know him since the 80s as well. That's awesome. So something really unique about you is you've played on multiple teams and had multiple championships with different teams. So what's been the most important thing about creating and operating in a successful team across all of these experiences you've had? One of the first things I would say is a common goal. When guys know you're on a team and it's to win a championship, then that's success. That's what was, I, I would say the, one of the most important things that everybody takes all 73 trillion cells in their bodies and they focus it on a championship. That's awesome. And like, how has that experience helped you take the next step in your career and in your life as an entrepreneur? Well, I know everything is possible and I know hard work and dedication get you to what you really want. And when I go into business, it's the same way I want to learn it and know it. Like I'm in the cannabis business now and my focus is treating it as if I was a professional athlete or wanting to be a professional athlete. Not stop until it's successful and everyone knows who it is. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like I want to hear about your business. Oh, okay. Well, my daughter and I, Tyla, started a Deuces 22 dot com and she's the ceo and president we decided to invest in what she felt her future was and that was the cannabis business so we start off with our pre-rolls pretty soon then we go to vape then we go to flower and we're doing uh when she gets back we're starting to film the making of the brand so it's literally seeing exactly how the product is made why we choose what we choose and how we implement it into the system. So since we are vegans, we live an organic vegan lifestyle as well. Our mentality is the best of the best, and we don't have to look around at the rest. 
So with cannabis, it can be kind of a inflammatory topic. Like some people agree, some people don't agree. What are your reasons for wanting to promote cannabis? Well, the ones who don't agree are the ones who don't read. Those are usually the ones who are the sheep and the cattle. I was one of those people when I was believing it was reefer fever, reefer madness. And then when I was 36 years old, uh, the last month of me being a professional athlete, I had my first joint, believe it or not. After growing up around it, being around it my whole life, the first time I've ever smoked one was 36, and the pains in my body were gone. And I always said if I would have known, one, about veganism when I first started, and two, about cannabis, CBD, and how to properly use it, I'd probably still be playing at 54. Wow. Yeah, and I, I read that there's some interesting research about the use of cannabis and people with going through chemotherapy and how it's super helpful for that. Yeah, my father went through chemo too. And to understand people what's happening, usually uh, I remember when chemo was just developed for people under 25 years old because they knew their body was able to take it. It's uh, pouring a poison within your body trying to destroy free radical cells. And then that mentality is, we're going to go in with an atom bomb and destroy everything and then let the trees and the flora and the jungle grow back. I don't look at it that way. I don't think you have to have anything that's antibody, but since people to it and it's part of the total, even to tell you that 97% of it is not, it, you shouldn't have it. But that, it's a long conversation I don't want to get into. But what it does is when I do give you CBDs, it helps your body. Your body is looking for the cannabinoids to relax on. So when you add this to it, it just helps your body deal with that poison, ridding the body of poison and helping the body to heal. Cool. We'll send people to your website. What's that like starting a business with your daughter? Is she the one that just started high school yesterday? No, this is the one who was, she was at American University. And she decided to take her tuition, put it into developing this company. So it's uh, started with, I guess, $250,000, the way to look at it. And she picks from the paper to the flower to the cone it's rolled in to literally our packaging, our printing, every single piece of it. Yeah, that's arguably the best way to learn about business instead of sitting in a classroom, actually going out and doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, that uh, those who do it make it happen. You wouldn't be on Facebook if it wasn't for somebody who realized they needed to focus their energy on making that successful. Well, I want to shift to talking about your diet. So you started changing your diet in your late 20s. Is that right? Yeah, I changed my diet when I was 27 years old. And what inspired you to do that? I had a bad breakup with a girl and this lady named Dr. Jewel Pukram, who I've seen last week, funny to mention, I hadn't seen her since, I guess, the early 90s. And the first thing she said is, we have to get the parasites out of your system. We have to change what's in your mind. And that's when I learned your mind is your lower intestines and your brain is in your skull. And when I got my first colonic and started eating food that didn't encompass death and torture and murder. I started becoming a better human and feeling better and strengthening my body. 
And I mean, you're playing in the NBA at this time. Like, what will people? What were people saying about you? Like, what are you eating, dude? Like, why aren't you going to the steakhouse? It's funny in NBA, guys were going to say things. They did a photo of me when I was, I was getting acupuncture at that time, and we were going to take. I had a lower back problem, and we had to take the the pictures. And the guys were like, "Oh man, don't sit down. One of those needles might hurt you." And the owner of the team, Doctor De- uh, Mr. Davidson at the time literally said, I get acupuncture every two weeks. Everybody was quiet. So they all knew I was into Eastern medicine. And then when I started paying attention to how I fed my body and how I maintained this race car, everybody started paying more attention to, maybe he knows a little something. Maybe I got it right. So it it made it easier. Yeah, and how long ago was that? 1991. Wow. And like at that time, there was pretty much no vegan athletes. <laughs> You're probably like one of the first ones. Yeah, I went into macrobiotic first. So it had some fish, some fish water in it. And then I was a line vegetarian for a while. Those are the ones who eat shrimp, lobster and crab and eat turkey burgers instead of uh, flesh. And then I tell everybody, he goes, man, I don't eat red meat. I go, it's funny because even though they don't eat red meat, you eat a lot of fowl, a lot of chicken. They go, yeah. I said, and we still get high blood pressure and diabetes. So what if we just stop eating anything that's dead, stop torturing anything that had a family, stop giving in to plantation mentality and slavery, and eat what we're designed to eat? And so in 2000, and I, got, I will tell you the year, I'm 54 now. When I was 40, I decided to stop lying. That was what the gift I gave myself on my 40th birthday. So when I was 50 and I kind of stopped lying, it took me a long time. Ten years ago, I made the jump into veganism. Last October, I got and changing what my shoes were made of and what my sneakers were made of and what my belts were made of, wallets, what the interior of my car was made of. I just started really taking a personal reason on trying to leave the smallest footprint on the planet when I vanish. Yeah, it's interesting. There's people that come to eating plant-based or being a vegan in different ways. Some people come to it first from a health perspective and some people come to it from an ethical perspective. But it seems like a lot of people kind of end up at the same point. Yeah, they all come. It, It gets to a point. Eating this way makes you more conscious. It just does because you have to pay attention. It's not just like you see something and go, well, it's not meat, let's eat it. I, I literally also pay attention to the chemicals that I use as well as not eating anything that comes or derived from an animal. So whenever you were changing your diet back when you were playing, did you notice any major performance gains with the changes? Yeah, I was. <laughs> my cousin, <laughs> Sabrina, was living with us and um, my daughter, Uh, Gigi and I, my oldest daughter. And she uh, said, I look like a black match running up and down, burnt match (laughs) running up and down court. I was like 219 pounds, seven foot tall. It really took, I realized when I lost that weight, that I was so toxic that what I was losing was toxic. It wasn't pounds. It was pounds of toxicity. So I never... Get, went back the other way. I realized that the weight I was going to gain, I'm 248 pounds now, and least amount of free radical cells as possible. 
And were you worried? I mean, there's the questions that everybody asks when they change their diet, even now, like, well, how do you know you're getting enough calories or enough protein or enough nutrients? How did you address that at that time? I paid attention to it. I started supplementing with potassium and zinc and selenium, moringa, guanabana, turmeric. I started adding things that have been taken out of our diets and out of our seasonings and figuring out how to get it back into my system. I also do an IV that is, believe it or not, vegan, and it has large amounts of the nutrients I need inside of that. Our foods and are, are depleted of most of the nutrition and minerals that we need. So I do believe in supplementing, but also paying attention where it's derived from and how it's derived. And like masculinity and eating like salads, people have commented about that to me, like, well, it's not very manly. And I mean, you're a seven foot tall, like badass basketball player. Like to me, that's pretty manly. So what advice would you give people who are thinking to themselves, who are men, like, well, I don't want people to think I'm less manly. Two things. First thing, I was talking to an 800 pound gorilla that doesn't speak English. <laughs> and I said, uh, my God, is that gorilla only going to eat leaves and all day? And can you believe that an animal that strong, that powerful, literally lives a complete plant-based diet, uncooked raw diet, 800 pounds, all the muscles in the world. An ox, which is sitting around, everybody says they want to be as strong as the ox and they forget the ox eats grass. The mentality that you have to have to think that you have to have something that's dead and cooked with sauce on it to make you a man is imagery all by television and movies, bad imagery. I also went to Fort Lee here in the States and we did yoga with most of the military, uh, 11 o'clock, uh, 1100 in the morning doing yoga and stretching and when they're doing their, their uh, daily uh, workouts. And I found out that a lot of the, the SEALs, the Navy SEALs, they all are on a plant-based diet in order to smell different in the road when they're hiding out, in order to stay alert, in order to have the optimal strength and mental agility and being able to have a smaller stomach so you can eat less, they literally taken on this diet. So if you don't think a Navy SEAL is manly, then God bless you. <laughs> and I love that you mentioned mental clarity because this was a side effect that I wasn't expecting either whenever I changed my diet, but it just seems like you're able to make better decisions whenever you eat a plant-based diet and you're able to move in the right direction in your life because there's better blood flow to your brain and also just the contribution you're making to the world actually does affect your energy. Yeah, it does. What you do will come back, right? It's the world of karma. But the mentality is that if you could live and everything else could live, puts you already in a positive mentality that you believe in life. If you can continue that and you eat things that are alive that your body can metabolize, you will get the nutrients into your body, into your brain, as I call it, your low intestine, your mind. And when your mind is clear and light and fresh, so will be your ideas. And has there been other basketball players who have come to you and said, hey, like, I really want to change my diet. Can you help me? Yeah, Joachim Nora first started. He, uh, I don't know if he continued. Jaleel Okafor, who was in Philly, it was a Duke, those two. And I just see how great, how 
Howard Lillard is doing and Kyrie Irving, it's going to spread when guys start realizing in order to be a great player, you need to have your mind and your body intact. Yeah, it's so cool. And I mean, there's such an opportunity to maximize positive change for celebrities that have tons of following people who look up to them and people who look at someone like you or Kyrie Irving and say, I just want to be like that guy. And then they see what you're doing and then they'll do it too. Yeah. I want them to be better, That's better, better, better. That's why I named a health and wellness company is better, better eating today, tomorrow, always. And stands for be energy toward achievement. So I just literally thought of the ways of being better, being better. And since I couldn't get the word better, uh, <laughs> I had to get it ebonically. Yeah. And this is something I've thought about. I don't know what it's like for team sports because mountain biking is a pretty individual sport, but we all have sponsors and also endorsements and especially like mountain biking, such a tiny, tiny, tiny sport compared to basketball. But how have you dealt with sponsors and endorsement companies wanting to come to you and say, hey, like, will you promote this chicken or this other product like that isn't a vegan product that doesn't stand next to your values? Like, how have you handled that? I handled it by not being on a lot of shows. I've put it right now on my health and wellness show. And when I was talking about bringing it to television, the one thing they couldn't guarantee me was who was going to be a sponsor. And I said, well, I, I can't sit around and tell you the benefits of not eating a dead cow. And then you put a college junior commercial on. So I just won't be involved with people who are not on the same web wavelength who don't have the same, I guess, moral capacity to see what I'm trying to do. It's more than just trying to teach people how to stay healthy. It's teach people how to be healthy. So in this capacity, what I'm doing now is a digital show as opposed to beating up on anybody and anyone's name and any sponsor's name. Our show is about positive vibes, and I'm only going to tell you the most positive things I've found or we have found or we have researched and we speak on the positive things of the greatness. We never are going to speak about the negative things or the things that aren't good for your body. We're just going to tell you what's good for your body. And those sponsors that you see are the ones who we say are, sir, Sally investigated research. We already researched it. We did our, uh, like right now, on almond milk. I would love to tell all these different companies about the almond milk and the coconut milk and and then I went and met with a company that I wound up getting a machine from that literally makes the almond milk. And it's it's a trip. It's it's literally made it easier to make as opposed to the way it's used to making it with, you know, paper and ch- parchment paper and, and I guess straining it and all that. This machine does it all. And it tastes better. And, of course, everybody wants the one that tastes sweeter. And then I have to explain to them, well that's artificial sweetener that you're getting and they're attacking part of your addiction. So I show people how dates that they look and go, Oh, it tastes like candy. And I go, yeah, that's what candy wants to taste like. <laughs> and so I literally, and I said, this sugar is good for you. This sugar, your body can use this sugar won't shock your adrenal glands. And the cool thing, it didn't come out of a lab. It came out of a, off the ground. Yeah. And also our palate changes. Like if you stop eating salt or you stop eating artificial sugars, if you taste it again, it it tastes horrible. Like the taste is just way too strong. 
Yeah, it's not. That's the. Uh, I help people in the morning when I say when I first want to get them their body going. I always tell them about Celtic sea salt and eighty-five different minerals your body doesn't receive and definitely doesn't receive from the residue salt that people are using right now, which I call table salt. So as opposed to saying don't eat it, I just show you the things that you should eat. And then when we talk about sugars, I literally show you how one is stop feeding candida. That parasite, you literally remove the parasites from your low intestines. And the reason things taste better is because they are better when they're not artificial. Totally. Um, so I want to hear more about your show. Like, where can people watch this? Uh, we're going to start it all on johnsally.com. And then you'll see it on bettertv.com. In October, we start shooting, I think, next week. I have one of my health coaches. You can check her out on Instagram. Megan Vegan Brophy, uh, M-E-G-A-N, Vegan Brophy, B-R-O-P-H-Y. So she is one of my first, uh, I guess, my star pupil, as she would say. Um, seven years ago, when I first started talking to her about this life change, five years ago, she started being a vegan. And three years ago, she works at Bob's Big Boy in Toluca Lake, which is a iconic a burger, 1950 burger stand. And she talked to them about different burgers getting in. And then finally, she got the incredible burger in to this Bob's. And it's great. It's a vegan, literally, it's like the black kid at the white school in the suburbs. It's the one that everybody sees and everybody wonders. And I tell people, the more people to go to order it, the more permanent it becomes. Once it becomes permanent, then the powers that be start saying, hey, this is a whole new avenue of people who want to eat this way. Let's add vegan cheese. Let's add this vegan butter. Let's add this vegan breakfast. Let's add this vegan lunch. Let's change from iceberg and GMO to uh, kale and heirloom tomatoes. And let's change the culture slowly. Let them see that not only would they be making the same price point, but to more people and more people will return because more people will be healthy enough to return. So I showed them how this enhances their bottom line and it also enhances their vibrations on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I had Dr. Goldhammer from True North on a couple of weeks ago, and he said, we live in a capitalist society and you can vote with your dollar like you actually have the power to do that. And that's exactly what you were just saying is when people are going to buy that stuff, there's going to be more demand and people want to make money. So they're just going to do more of that. The more you can show them, because we've been trained here that, you know, it's all about the cream cash rules, everything around me. They believe that. Well, if that's the mentality, if that's how we're taught, if that's the, the groove we're going to be in, then if cash rules everything around me, then we should be very, very, very particular with that cream. And if you can show them how you can make more money and live better, you can have more lives you save. Each person that becomes a vegan saves 7,500 land animals from torture, murder, and enslavement. Every year, the longer you stay on it, the more animals you save. So it, it just shows them how they can get a wealth of cash and a wealth of spiritual karma. I love that. And so you were you said you mentioned you retired when you were 37 from 36. from basketball, 36. Yeah. 
And what was that like psychologically? Because I mean, that was your identity for so long. And then you were sort of shifting your identity to a wellness guru and businessman. So like, what, what was that like for you? Oh, man, it, I, I started realizing I'd made such a, a strong impression with my athletics because I was focused on being one of the best ever. And that was the what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be a guy who just played and say, oh, he looks like he played ball. I wanted you to know I play ball and at what level. And then it started not being that important to me. And I started realizing that on this planet, you can do whatever you want to do, especially me being an American. Our mentality is we can do whatever we want to do. So if we can do whatever we want to do, why not do the best or be the best you can possibly be? And I started letting the, realizing how much I put behind athletics, how many people were paying attention to athletics. Like it's some people only watch ESPN. They don't watch the news. They don't watch daytime television, reality. They don't watch any other part of pop culture except sports culture. And I said, since that's a platform I've, I've been on and I've built, maybe now I can get the people who are on this platform or that now that I have this platform, I'm allowed to talk about something that is more dear to my heart and maybe it will ignite a little fire in some others. Yeah. And like, whenever you stopped playing, what was that like? Because you're practicing all the time. You're focusing on this goal. You're showing up every day to something and then suddenly to not be doing that. What did it feel weird? Yeah. You go through a, a form of depression. Everybody who retires goes through a form of repression. Uh, depression, especially when you have, especially me, I use my body as my source of income. When you stop showing up on schedule, when you stop having to be places and, and the daily, I tell people they, the best job ever is a professional athlete because they pay you to stay in shape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and if they, if you stay in shape and, and I say shape, meaning all form, if my mind is shaped properly, my body will follow. Yeah. So whenever you're not getting paid to do that anymore, did you find that it was easier to slip, like kind of let the exercise slip a little bit because you had to do it at such a high level for so long? Yeah, I, I literally, I go, I work out at 12 noon because that's the, my body is vibrating at the highest level then. And I was doing it in the morning. One, it was too many people. Three, there's a lot of gas in that room <laughs> and it's, it's a different mentality as people who are rushing to get places and i, I kind of left that alone i don't think you have to rush to do everything you could literally take your time because it's the only time you have and get things done within that 24 hours so yeah i think um, it slows it down because you had to the up and down the running the jumping not really good for your body but taking care of your body while it's on the ground, making sure you stretch, you get to secondary muscles, you build secondary muscles, just helps you in the long run. I, I looked at somebody the other day, and he's 70 years old, and I was like, 70? I was like, wow. <laughs> and then I realized in 15 years, 16 years, I'm going to be 70. So people say now, if you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? Well, my younger self is still inside me. So at 54, I tell my younger self, if I'm blessed to have more years on the planet, by the time I'm 70, 
I'll still have the body and the mentality and the youthfulness of a 50-year-old. So when I get to 80, I'll have a 52-year-old body. Like I'm literally trying to slow down the aging process. And by doing that, it's staying in shape. And what would you have told yourself at age 30 or 35 based on everything that you know about life now? Invest in Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that would have been it. Invest in Google. Awesome. I love it. I also wanted to ask you about business. So you, you've started multiple businesses and that's not always a transition that athletes make. Like you're an athlete and a lot of athletes know about how to be an athlete, but learning how to start and run a business and also having business structure and putting people in the right places in a business is something that you have to learn. So how did you learn all those things? I learned by trial and error. And so now I teach my daughter what I've learned in trial and error. And I've also learned that I did it right by wanting to do it. When you want to do it, you step, this is what I'm going to do. That's the first step. And so I got that, got that perfectly. I understood what it was. And I understand I use each thing. I never lost. In anything I've ever done, I've never lost. I've learned, but I didn't lose because I continue to go. And one of the things I learned about starting a lot of businesses is one of the great, my great mentors was named Dick Gregory, God rest his soul. And he said, if you're living in America and you're not an entrepreneur, you should get out because the country is set up to be an entrepreneur. So since it's set up that way, I understand I have a good lawyer, a great accountant. My assistant is on point, as you have noticed. Everybody does their job. No one tries to do my job. And we're fine. So if everybody does their job and you're the strongest link you can possibly be, you have a great chain. If you have any weak link, that's irresponsibility on your part as an entrepreneur. You cannot sit around and expect strength from weakness. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. But what about when you've hit plateaus? Like you mentioned in, in sports, like you wanted to be the best. I'm sure in your businesses, that competitive drive is also there as well. So how do you handle it whenever things are seemingly plateauing? Well, Sonia, I'm a, I'm a champion. So I only understand what it's, I, I, I only look for that feeling. I only look for that feeling of success. I only, part of the reason to drive to do something is not to be better than somebody else, but be the best you can possibly be. So if you are the best you can possibly be and people realize you're the best, then you don't have to convince them. They see what you're doing. Once they have the product, they understand. This is probably the best I've ever had. And when they find the best and you continue to do what's necessary to stay the best, that's the best position to be in. So I, I like that drive. I like that um, not I'm going to kill you or I'm going to blow the candles out on your cake to make my party look brighter. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah, I, that's something that is really big in endurance sports because it's less about beating other people and more about getting the best out of yourself. So I can totally relate with that. Yeah, thanks. That's awesome. So I want to talk about your kids because people keep asking me. I have a Facebook group. It's called Plant Power Tribe for people who are interested in plant-based diets. And I don't have any kids. And people keep saying, number one, can you have a vegan pregnancy? And number two, how do you raise your kids as vegans? And I'm assuming that your kids are vegan? Yeah. How, how don't you raise your kids as vegan? How do you 
start off when you have a kid and he is or she is the pride of your life and you make sure you get mashed peas and carrots and squash and you make sure you wash them with the best product. You make sure that they're, they're moisturized. You do all of that stuff when they're a baby and you forget that that's the same way you should treat your body as if it's a baby. You should moisturize it. You should wash it with things that are healthy. You should in, inhale and ingest those things. And if you have a child, why would you give it something that is the, the easiest way that I even got people to say it? I said, how could you take something that's dead, cook it, make it more dead than it already is, <laughs> and then expect minerals and nutrition out of it because you put a A1 sauce on top of it? I just don't understand how you feel that's nutrition because your low intestine is bloated. That's not how you feed it. Like, there's, a, there's a meme on um, Instagram that says, shows you water and you put water in you so how, how it you know, makes a tree grow. But then you give your kid artificial sweeteners and soda pop and you're expected to grow as strong as a tree. It's not going to happen. And when you're lazy and you say, well, I just had to hurry up and get something in their body. Why would you choose that hurry up to be something that's not going to enhance that person? It's only going to shut them up. So if you need fast food for a kid, it's called fruit. It's fast fruit. And it's fruit that is non-GMO that has a seed. So they can move it to the next level as opposed to throwing out um, a McDonald's wrapper on the ground or putting it into the garbage can for a landfill how about eating organic fruit that has a seed, and every time you do that, you save the seeds, you sprout the seeds, you plant the seeds. All of a sudden, you're continuing to grow. That's the way I teach my kids. I teach my kids, literally, one of my daughters is just started eating vegetables. She's 30 years old, and she's starting to see the benefit, even though I've been talking this way her, her entire life, most of her life, at least to when I became, yeah, she was like 20, 19 or 20 years old when I decided this was the way it was going to be in my house. So once you see the benefit, you see the way my wife is still looking like she's 24 years old. Yeah. My, my, my daughters <laughs> don't have any blemishes on their face. Their hair grows down their back. Their teeth are as big and as bright as mine. It's, um, they see it. And when they see it, when the, the proof is in the pudding, when you're living example of the words you the words you say or the things you manifest, that's the best proof. And like, how did you handle it when if they said, "Well, I don't want to eat that," or they're like going to school and they're they're saying, "Well, other kids are eating this." Like, how do you what do you say to them? Well, that part, my youngest daughter Taya, um, this girl said, "You don't want any chicken." She was like, "It's a bird." And she was only six years old. <laughs> and they were like, no, no, it's chicken. It's, it's chicken wings. It's the, the bacon one. She goes, it's a bird. And the girl goes, what do you keep saying that? She goes, it's a bird. And once she kept saying it, the kid realized what she was talking about. She said, if a parrot was dead, would you cut the parrot and eat its wings? She said, no, that's disgusting. She goes, and eating a chicken, is it? And the little girl was like, I guess you're right. She goes, yeah, it's a bird. Yeah, we've gotten really separated from that. Life. Yeah, it have because they teach you when you're a child, the, the animals are your friends. They're in all the books. They're talking. They're Winnie the Pooh. They're Daffy Duck. They're Bugs Bunny. They're, they're all the things that can talk that you love. But then when you're finished, they give you chicken nuggets 
which I have no idea. I've been around chickens a long time. I've never seen any nuggets <laughs> come out of it. But they give you chicken nuggets or they give you cheese strips or they give you um, uh, fish chips and they put sound around it and they, they give you more sugar. They give you ketchup that has tons of sugar in it. So you're really just eating sugar and fried foods. You're not, the, the rest of the stuff is just matter. It's not going anywhere. It's the cane caucus. So when you do that and you teach them that, you have to teach them to be compassionate to those animals. You have to talk about, like, and then when they talk about Christianity, like when Christians jump in, I go, yeah, Noah got on the ark with his family and two of every animal. And when he got off, he got off with two of every animal. So that means he was eating what the animals were eating, green leafy vegetables for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, I think that there's this us or them mentality that people have. Like they think I have to eat this meat. These animals were put on this earth for me to eat. That's their purpose. But that's not true. And there's a skepticism around eating vegan and thinking that you have to eat meat. And I don't know if you have any advice or comments to help people through that who might have that skepticism who say, well, I don't know. There's research out there that contradicts everything. Like, how do I know what to believe? Or everybody else is eating meat. Like, what would you say to them? So at one time, black people were considered three-fourths of a man. We were considered to be cattle and we were considered to be just field hands and we were slaves. That wasn't the way it was. That wasn't the truth. But that's what they sold the public. So it seemed more acceptable. Now in 2018, we find it to be the most disgusting thing in the world. We're trying to stop sex trafficking and slave trade of people even to this day. So that mentality that we're put on this planet to do this one thing and somebody is to be dominant over it is a really, really archaic thought. And it's really a thought you should definitely rethink. Because if they say that the public is pushing them to eat this, that's not true. What they're doing is making sure you don't see anything else that doesn't make you have to eat what they're talking about. And when you realize that just because they're saying, oh, they're here for us to work on it, you got to sit around and think, why would the creator do that? Why would, and if that was the case, right? I I think a predator for 4,000 years, the way Africa kept the uh, population of zebras at a minimum was the zebras had to cross a river full of crocodiles and alligators. When there's predators and there's animals that deal with that, I tell people all the time, if you ever watch any of these natural history pieces, you would see a tiger will kill a wildebeest or kill a, a zebra or go after another docile animal. And when they all eat from it, they don't go and say, hey, let's go kill more and put the head up on the wall or kill more of this and put it in the refrigerator because I don't feel like going and hunting any longer today. Everything is done and the process is supposed to be done. What they're doing right now with mass incarceration and slave pens for cows, chickens, pigs, goats is literally immoral and it's archaic and it should stop. It's a slavery is not for someone else's benefit. It's always for somebody else's benefit. It needs to stop. We don't need to enslave these animals. Factory farming is totally against even the idea. It's just torture. It's mean. It's the worst. The other day, last two months, they were so upset with the separation of children and parents 
that were Mexican, Guatemalan, and America is not supposed to be built on that. But, but America has been doing that for a long time, taking children away from the parent and selling it, selling them off to the benefit. That's a really bad image, and it's a bad way of being, and it's the wrong way of being. So if someone says they on the planet for us to live, well, that's not true. Because if something has to die for you to live, then that's not how this planet works. Yeah, and people do that. I think there's a disconnect where people get their milk and their cheese from. Like cows have to be kept pregnant or have just given birth for there to be milk. So it's doing the same thing. It's like making a cow get pregnant and give birth and then take the baby away. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the way it is. And the things that they don't mind, they do mind. They're living, breathing, thinking, feeling earthlings. They're earth beings. They may not be human beings, but they do. They are earthlings. Awesome. Well, I know you have to go. Um, it's almost noon and it's almost workout time. So do you want to share with us what your workout, like your typical workout is? Yeah, I don't run. I don't use my body off. I, I do walk up climbing stairs. I hike up mountains. I do low impact and I do yoga. And today I'm working on my chest. So I'm working on the secondary muscles in my back and I'm working on both sides of my pec. And then tomorrow I'll do, uh, and I'll do shoulders as well. And then tomorrow I'll do arms and abs and breathing. And then I do squats without weight on my shoulders. I do them in a split squat. Uh, I do it in a lunge. So I just got stem cells, my own stem cells put back in my body last, last June. And in May I was cleared to work out and I was moving slow, and now I'm back into the system. So it's back to having a shredded, cut-up body and um, trying to get my sexy back. Yeah. Um, what, what was the, the injury or the, the ailment for the stem cells? Uh, oh, I had two torn meniscus. I had torn ligaments in my shoulders and in my elbows. And um, I have stress fractures in my lower back and in my neck. So I... Uh, took the stem cells out of the fat from U.S. stem cell in Miami. They spun them. I banked my stem cells, and I'm constantly putting them in all the places I need throughout the rest of my life. So you can use science for some good. That's awesome. That's cool that that works. Oh, it does. Works for me. Thanks. Awesome. So what's the best place for people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more? John Sally on Instagram, Twitter. On Twitter, I'm the John Sally, the John Sally, and Facebook, you can look for the verified John Sally, and just go to johnsally.com, S-A-L-L-E-Y. Yeah, it's an awesome website. There's a lot of good stuff on there. So, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show and taking the time to chat with me today, and thank you so much for all the good you're doing in the world. It's so so good to see people like you setting such a great example. Roger that. Thank you for having me, Sonia. Thanks. I love that conversation. What I love most about it was John Sally was very firm in his beliefs and knowing what he wants in life. And I've been finding that that comes as we get older and I'm 35. I just turned 35, but I found that in my thirties, I have been more unapologetic about the things that I want to do and the things that I believe in. And I think having that type of conviction in your life is really good. 
Make sure you connect with John via his website or his Instagram. I checked out his website and it's, it's a pretty nice website and there's a lot of information on there. I'm looking forward to his talk show whenever it comes out too. I hope you guys are having an awesome day and thank you again for listening. And again, I'd really appreciate a review or sharing a screenshot with your friends to help grow the show. That's it for this week's show. Thanks again for being here. Wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you back here next week.